welcome to the Defenders podcast, the fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire. I'm on Matt. <laughs> we, can't, we can't get used to it without Robin and Mel. Yeah, I like, I'm not supposed to go next. <laughs> I know, you're like, where's Mel? Um, we are two defenders down today, unfortunately, but we do have a very special guest with us, which is the one of the producers of Jessica Jones and writer of episode six, aka You're a Winner, and it's Edward Rycourt. Hi, Edward. Hello, everyone. Yeah, we get you. We give you a clap. We give Thanks everyone a clap. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for for joining us. Um, I'm really excited to talk to you because we've been chatting on Facebook for a while. I think before Christmas, and you've been obviously very very busy with um, going on holiday over Christmas and with a new project you have. So it's great to actually finally get to talk to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 such a, a a weird thing because we we I wrote this episode like 15 months ago, you know. <laughs> so it, so it, it's going into a time machine and remembering that time back in uh, um, the October of last year. You know, yeah. now I'm a dad since oh, I've written wow. that episode. Oh, so 15 months old. Things have changed. Congratulations. <laughs> So it does feel like a bit of a time warp, but but back to but back to a really fun time uh, in the world of Jessica Jones. Oh, excellent! I was I was going to say as well. I mean, obviously, congratulations on on becoming a dad, um, but also congratulations on the success of the show. Um, it's you know the the feedback for it has been amazing, and it's you know it's been picked up for a second series. So, you know, honestly, congratulations on your part with the show. Thanks, thanks. It's it's it's. You know, it's funny. You're sitting in a writer's room, you're sort of hashing it out, and you you don't know how an audience is going to respond to any of this. You mm-hmm. know, especially since it's such a new endeavor from Marvel to 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 go to these series that is uh, such a departure tonally uh, from the universe they've done with Guardians and Avengers. So you don't know how an audience is going to respond, and the way they responded was uh such a blessing it, it, it was it was you know the best thing the critics have been really nice and people have responded and it's like wow okay all our hours in the writers room we were we were tapping into something that was interesting so that was really uh a great experience i guess as well it must have been um you know obviously not knowing how it's going to turn out but particularly with the character of jessica jones because she is a relatively unknown character. I mean, the the four characters for the Defenders are all not as well known as someone like the Hulk, but particularly out of the four, Jessica Jones is the most recent character and hasn't had as much exposure as, for instance, Daredevil with having the Daredevil movie. Um, so it must have felt um, like quite a challenge. Yeah, well, you know, I had a bit of a head start in terms of how I got onto the show. Mm-hmm. Uh Back five years earlier, uh, there was a Marvel writers program where uh, Marvel has these writers in-house and they crack their sort of lesser known characters. And I did it with Nicole Perlman, who mm-hmm. the galaxy. So she's writing Guardians in the office next to me. And Marvel is writing a Luke Cage script, mm-hmm. uh, what I was working on. And part of Luke Cage's universe is, you know, Marries Jessica Jones, so I sort of view her in the in in, in the periphery of my uh, of the big world universe of Luke Cage. Uh, you know, fast forward five years, I had a general meeting with uh, Melissa Rosenberg, and she wanted to talk to me about adapting a book. So, uh, her being a writer, I asked, "Why aren't why didn't you want to adapt it?" She said, "I'm doing this show for uh, Netflix, Jessica Jones," and I just said off the top of my head, "Oh, Luke Cage's wife." <laughs> so I think the light went on. She's like, wow, he he knows the world. He knows Jessica Jones, the, you know, this character that people uh, 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 might not be familiar with. He would be a, a good fit for the show. So I never went in to actually go in for the Jessica Jones. It was just a top of, a top of my head remark. Oh, yeah, Luke Cage's wife um, when she talked about the show. And, and that's how I found myself in. So I had a... I had a bit of a head start because I knew her universe. I had read Alias comics. But, mm-hmm. yes, going into the writer's room, the big question is, what do we do now? Because she was uh, – Melissa was adapting this a few years prior to be an ABC series, yeah. Yeah. which is which would have been a totally different uh, 
uh, thing where uh, we wouldn't have gotten away with and, and, and explored some of the themes that we did on Netflix. I don't think we would have gotten to do that in that network uh, uh, situation, in a network situation. Mm. Yeah, I remember hearing, um, you know, sort of because I read the comics and um, the Alias comics when they came out. I was a big um, fan of Bendis. I'm a big Daredevil fan. And obviously he did his run on Daredevil as well. Um, and I remember sort of following the news about the Melissa Rosenberg developing the show um, and was, you know, kind of sad when it didn't pan out. But when Netflix picked it up and she was still involved in it, I was really excited because it sounds like it's been a bit of a passion project of hers for years and that she has been developing it. Yes. Um, she, she, she understands that, that we need more strong female characters and mm-hmm. is always on the search for that. You know, her production is just tall girl productions. Uh, and she had this project that she, you know, Jessica Jones, she, she, she got it. She understood her world and she loved as with all, as with all of our other writers on the show, that she is such a complex female superhero, uh, uh, which I which I loved, and 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 that was just you know such a great role for any female actress, and she had a role, she she had something to say, mm-hmm. you know, and she had something you know, and a survivor story was such an interesting survivor story. I, I don't think, and I think Melissa said this in an interview, I don't think we, we knew the impact that telling that story was going to have on an audience. Mm-hmm. What about the other writers? Did uh, Was everybody like given a mandate to read certain things uh, within the, the comics? We had... Oh, somebody's calling. Is that... <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that me? <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> a, 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 a cameo appearance from. Oh, I think that bugs on the phone. <laughs> that might have been me. Sorry, That's I don't okay. know who that was. But uh, 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 no, the mandate was uh, we 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 were we had about a month to go. I got the the job a month before the writers room was going to open. So I just took Jessica Jones and we read it. All the writers read Jessica Jones. Uh some of the writers like uh uh Scott Reynolds, he he was a big Luke Cage fan, so he had Luke Cage comics. Everybody in the room came from a different place. Not everybody was a comic book uh geek. Uh some of us, you know, some of the writers didn't know the universe, which is good because they weren't attached to anything and they could explore things in different ways than you know, uh, uh, being stuck in, in, in the universe of the comic, like, oh, he doesn't do this in the comic. She doesn't do this in the comic. So I think it was a good mix of people who did know the, sh- did know the universe and people who didn't know the universe. Uh, and that's sort of what the room was. It was a mix of, of both. Okay. Well, what, um, what about casting? I'm sure when you began, the casting wasn't announced, right? You didn't know who was going to play the characters. No. And when we were writing, we didn't know. So, so no- yeah. So when you were writing, did you have like actors in your head that you imagined the characters as? Uh, I did not. Uh, I did not. There were there were names that were uh, 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 thrown around as, you know, ooh, what if this person played, or what if this person played? Mm-hmm. But I never. The the character I saw in my head was. I bought this huge poster of Jessica Jones and I brought it to the office because it was just too big to put in my, my place. <laughs> it's weird. So I, I it, it hung in our, our lounge. And when I envisioned Jessica Jones, I envisioned sort of the uh, uh, a lifelike version of her. Okay. I never it never melded. It never turned into a oh, Kristen Ritter or this or that. It just it was always Jess from the comics. Was that the Michael Gaydus artwork or one of the the David Mack covers? Because obviously he did the covers for Alias. Was it one of those drawings? Uh, uh, it, it wasn't a Bendis drawing. Oh, okay. It was it was a one her flying through the air in the jewel costume. Oh, okay. And it was huge. It was like taller than almost tall as tall as me. Wow. Uh, but what was good was like I think the first or second week of the show, Michael Bendis came into the room the writer's room and was just like, ask me anything you want. 
that's really yeah that's that must so, be so invaluable for you as well because he is it's you know he is the creator of the character he's the one that pretty much completely shaped the character in the comics and what did you was, ask him which was cool uh don't know I, I I honestly don't remember what we asked him. I think it was it was more of him saying this is what I came this is this is what I thought about Jessica Jones when I started writing her. Uh and the, the sort of street level uh superhero. And and Daredevil living a few blocks down, but they don't really sort of connect at all and what he found interesting in the story. So we just had to sit back and sort of listen to him uh, talk about how he came to Jessica Jones and also the the trust he had in us because we had this game plan where we weren't going to say, you know what, let's just make this Jessica Jones a musical. You know, we (laughs) we wanted to make we wanted to take his his series and really expand on the themes of that, uh, particularly with the Kilgrave, mm-hmm. and 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 really honor what he did. So we were looking, you know, he knew that there was going to be an expansion of his story, and he was fine with it. And there was a trust thing, and he was he was very generous with us in terms of just like, hey, go go have fun. I trust you with this thing, and and Jeff Loeb was on board, so he. Uh, he 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 knew he was in good hands with Melissa and and what we were going to do. Excellent. Sounds great. I was um, thinking when you were saying about it, the writers' room being a mix of people, you know, obviously who are very knowledgeable about the comics and people who aren't. Um, I should mention as well on our our show. I think I mentioned to you before. We um, I really like that mix of having people that are very knowledgeable about um, the characters that we're talking about, for instance, with the character of Jessica Jones. Only myself and my co-host Robin have read the comics. Um, I've read them several times. I'm a big Jessica Jones fan, whereas Matt and our other co-host, Matt's wife, Mel, have never read the comics. Mel in particular doesn't really know much <laughs> about comics at all. But it's, it's a great mix because it's very interesting to see how, for instance, Mel watches the series and relates to the characters in comparison to myself who who is more like oh well in the comics they did this and they did that you know um i think it's a a nice mix and it must have been a a really good mix to have in the writer's room because you're coming at it in all different angles rather than just trying to stay a hundred percent true to the comics which wouldn't necessarily translate well for television yeah, I I felt like, you know, when I first read about Jessica Jones, I felt like, yeah, this wouldn't be an ABC series because it couldn't be true. Mm-hmm. It couldn't be 100% true to what the show was. And in fact, uh, I, when I had my first you know meeting, well, after I, I found out Mel wanted to do Jessica Jones, I got on the phone with her and I said, uh, you know, the first word in the first page of Jessica Jones is, is the F word. I don't know mm-hmm. if I can curse. Oh, you can, but- yeah. <laughs> It's fine. She says, she says the first word of the series is fuck. Yeah. And I said, wow, okay, this is not the Marvel I grew up in. This is mm-hmm. a whole different thing. So I asked Mel, uh, Melissa, are we going to go there? You know, that was my first question. Are we really going to take Jessica Jones uh, to that place uh, in Netflix? And she said, absolutely, we're going to push this as, as far as we go. And that was like, all right, I'm I'm in. We're not going to sugarcoat what happened. Where it, it, it's going to be uh, the you know the Max series and not you know the the like the softball version of Jessica Jones. Where uh, I think it definitely lives better in Netflix. So I think it was it was a it was a good it was a good thing getting past uh, whatever how many years ago so that it could live in a place like Netflix, which is incredibly uh, supportive with creatives. You know, mm-hmm. they, you know, we, we, you know, my episode, I mean, we're, we're doing things with the, the, the fetus. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Netflix is going to say, oh no, no, we can't do that. And they're like, yeah, go for it. You know, go as, go as far as you can because it was true to what the story was and all this other stuff. So, um, that, that, uh, it, it was liberating. It was liberating knowing that we could we could really tell the story and have the shackles taken off and not worry about network notes. In regards to with the the obviously the storyline with the fetus in episode six. Oh, I, I should say as well, Matt has only seen up to episode. Is it ten, Matt? Uh, 
10 or 11, yeah. 10 or 11, because we're, he's watching week per week. Kilgrave um, just escaped you, his, his prison. Yeah, Kilgrave just are escaped. Al- you are almost there. Yeah, got long to go, Matt. But the, oh. uh, the episode, my mum my and dad are also watching the show, but they'll only watch it when I go around their house and watch it with them, because oh, my mum always has lots of questions afterwards. And they've only just seen episode seven, but when they watched episode six and there was the moment in regards to the fetus, my mum just looked at me and her jaw dropped and she was just like what's happening <laughs> so she's yeah. i mean she's hooked and the fact that it's the show's you know had such a positive um reception from fans such as myself i, I said this as well when we we spoke to christos um and ruth to the writers for daredevil um that it's it appeals to people such as myself that are big comic book fans but also you know to my my mum in her 60s who's never picked up a comic book in her life doesn't know who Captain America is. Um, that's you guys have done a, something really sh- special, I think. Thanks. I I remember that. Uh, I remember that conversation. When, and 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 to me, that's when writers' rooms work at its are at its best mm-hmm. because it was a conversation of okay, it's it's we're playing off each other, you know, and 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 we're we're contributing ideas and. Uh, and the what you know the, the first there's the the pregnancy thing and then one of the writers, uh, Micah Schraft, uh, <laughs> said, and what if we do something with the fetus? And then I'm like, <laughs> first there's shock, first there's shock. Me, I'm like, holy shit, what? And then I'm like, oh, that's brilliant, you know? Yeah. Because I had such a visceral reaction to his pitch. Then once I calmed down, I said, Oh, that's good because I'm feeling something, yeah, you know, and yeah. if, if I'm feeling something, whether it's happy, appalled, whatever, that's something interesting that goes into the story, but also gives our, uh, our, our, our lawyer character something to play on, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. because it was a mystery of what is she all about? You know, it really what, sort what, of brings Hogarth as a character sort of to the next level, I think, in the audience's eyes is that you just think this character is just kind of a bit of an ice queen. Maybe she's not the cuddliest person. But then in that moment, you're really like, oh, she's like it makes her so much darker. And I I love it. I think it's such an interesting turn for her. And I can't say too much because Matt hasn't seen the whole show. Um, but I yeah, I, I love that moment. I think it's oh, I've got so theories. Good. I've got theories. <laughs> and, and, that, and that was the and that was the thing is is you know day one or week one in the writers room, uh, Hogarth is just a name on the board of okay she's the lawyer, mm-hmm. she's going to give Jessica these 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 jobs, and then there's a question why is she doing it you know because you want her not just to be the you know. The lawyer in a suit. Oh, okay, I got a job for you, and that's sort of Jessica's extra income. We want to layer in. There's a reason why she wants Jessica, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, which I won't spoil any of that, but but yeah, that's the thing in the writers' room. It comes from okay, Hogarth's on the board. She's a lawyer. Why is she the lawyer? Why is she the lawyer? Jessica's lawyer. What does she want? What is the whole thing going on? And 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 then that became a a, a really interesting nuanced. Uh, uh, um, storyline to to explore i've got a question actually about Hogarth. Um, oh i can hear myself <laughs> um was it uh, an idea from early on or was it always the idea that the character of hogarth would be um female in the writing or was it was that something that came across um when you started thinking more about casting because obviously from the comics hogarth is is a male character to my memory she was always female oh cool um um, yeah, I don't remember ever her ever being male. Um, yeah, because initially, right off the bat, we were talking about uh, uh, Susie's character and Pam and her and what that situation was. Uh, 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 and 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 then we had to find something interesting for her wife, mm-hmm. uh, for Hog- Hogarth's wife, and we really. So the wife came later. First, there was uh, the Hogarth Pam storyline, and then we thought, okay, to add something on top of that, let's add in that she has this 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 wife who first was on the periphery in the show, and then became sort of a more of a, a bit of a triangle. And it, yeah, it was a slow it was a slow boil in turn in the writers' room of how we were going to crack the Hogarth story. So yeah. 
Yeah, she started off as female attorney, and then we slowly started going into uh, deeper things. She was a hard one to crack, I think, uh, uh, initially. Mm. I, I um, saying about the character of Wendy, she's one of my favorite characters in the show. I think she's very sympathetic, and I, 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 I just love um, Robin Wygott's performance as well as Wendy. Um, yeah, I just mm. always am rooting for her whenever she's on screen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I think that was <laughs> it, it, she was an interesting character, and and, and we got, we we got really good. Our casting did a really good job at getting us really good actors for the show, mm-hmm. from the the top of the call sheet to the bottom. They were populated with really good actors, and I think part of that also is is uh, Mel uh, Mel had worked with like Will Travell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mel had worked with him on what Black Widow, I, th- I believe, one of her other shows. So she had access to people that she knew would work well in this universe. And the writers' room is populated with writers that she had worked with. I think she, besides myself, who had come from the film world, she had she had worked with every single writer in that room. Mm-hmm. So I think there was a comfort level there. Uh, Scott Reynolds, she worked with on Dexter. Uh, Liz Freeman, she had worked with on some other sh- show. Dana uh, uh, Dana Barada goes back to her time at the OC. Uh, and then there was me. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously shows she had a lot of uh, a lot of trust in you. <laughs> yeah, she 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 did. You know, she didn't she didn't know me uh, half as well as the others, but. Uh, but so I was honored to sort of uh, come in here and, and uh, uh, be a part of the room. So I wanted to ask you as well, because obviously you mentioned before about um, your knowledge about Luke Cage and sort of the writing the Luke Cage. Was that part of the reason that you were you got this particular episode? Because obviously this particular episode, episode six, is a very important episode for the relationship between Jessica and Luke Cage in terms of this is when he actually finds out the truth about Reva's death. Was that one that you sort of pitched for or you, Melissa was like, Oh, you know, it's a Luke heavy episode. I should give this to Edward. No, I was originally going to do, I was really going to, uh, I was originally going to do a right Hilly Hicks episode. Uh, the episode where they were going to kill, uh, Jessica. Oh, Okay. Uh, with with the couple the couple that set up this whole scheme you know what I'm talking about yeah the um, I'm trying to think of the name of it but I yeah I know the one you mean yeah and then there was just a, a, a scheduling shuffle uh, and and Hilly ended up writing that and I ended up writing six so I don't think there was any any uh, in terms of what Mel was thinking I don't think there was any thought about. Ed should write the Luke Cage episode. I think it was a scheduling thing, but I I lucked into a really episode, which which came with the extra drama that my daughter was going to be born on the day that I had to deliver the script. Wow! <laughs> so no so pressure. I'm looking I'm looking at my pregnant wife who's about to have a baby any second while I'm typing as 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 fast as I can. So so it was definitely a challenge of how to stay focused. <laughs> the task of, of writing this script like it, it didn't come with you know it, it definitely came with you know i definitely had to hit my mark in terms of the deadline because i was gonna you know not be there uh, one day after that because my daughter was going to be born so i had to make sure that everything was going to be right and everything was going to be where it needed to be and 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 i was honored to have this episode because it's, it dealt with such a deep with with such deep with 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 a, with a really deep topic, you know. So uh, outside of the Luke Cage thing, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know how you deal with those, you know, a woman choosing to have an abortion, and 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 where does Jessica fall on that? And you want to do it in a way where it's not gratuitous and respectful. Mm-hmm. And and thought out, uh, so so the, that that sparked a lot of conversation in the writers' room about how we can we could do that, and 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 that's one of the things I'm most proud of 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 Jessica Jones is the way we handled these tough situations, um, of 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 rape and a survivor story, and I had done a few Q, I had done a few Q and A's, and people came up to me afterwards and said, uh. 
I'm a rape survivor, and thank you for having a show where my where I can see myself in Jessica Jones mm-hmm. of how I survive it and stuff like that. And, uh, I, you know, honestly, when we were in the room, we didn't think of the impact that that was going to have on people. And it's, it, it feels so good to hear people come to us and, or, and say, you know, thank you. You told my story, you know, we're doing a superhero thing with jewel and stuff, <laughs> but then all of a sudden you're, 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 you're really handling this, this story with, with care, and I think that's the thing I'm most proud of is that we we did do it with care. That people responded to it in, in a personal way, and even helped people recognize a little something in themselves in that in in, in this show. Absolutely, and I, I mean, in regards to that sort of speaking personally, one of the reasons I've you, you spoke earlier a little bit about the street level characters. One of the reasons my favorite characters have always been the more street level characters. I grew up loving Daredevil from, I think I was about 10. I, you know, I love basically all the characters, the Defenders characters. I always preferred them more than the ones like Thor and the characters that were too big. I couldn't identify with them. Um, Jessica Jones, one of my, my friends has, um, has PTSD as well and has mentioned, you know, how much she identifies with the character and um, with the character of Daredevil, which was kind of touched on in the Netflix show, the character is one that's already always battled with um, his own um, mental illness in terms of depression, um, which Mark Wade touched on in his recent run, which also incidentally featured the Purple Man. But um, and that's something I definitely always identified with with the character. Um, and I think it's fantastic when these points are are put into characters because they make them real and we care about them and we care what happens to them because we see ourselves in them so i think it's i think you guys did an, an excellent job mm-hmm. oh thank you thank you, thank uh, I've, you. Got, I've got a question you may not be able to answer this about where they draw the line between the cinematic universe and the tv universe like what how often or how um direct can you mention things that have happened in the films can you propose like a small cameo by a films like one of the smaller film stars you know stuff like that that was uh all right from the from the get-go a very hard no from the people (laughs) people at marvel uh it was explained to us that that there are the galactic heroes Mm -hmm. uh uh with our guardians there are 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 big world heroes, you know, which we which and Jessica Jones could only be described as. And don't 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 ask me why. I have no idea. It had to be that big green guy, mm. the the guy with the hammer, that billionaire yeah. suit. The world knows they're they're Tony Stark and Iron Man and Thor, but for Jessica Jones, there's this. Marvel, Marvel just wanted to keep things clean, where we weren't mentioning, we weren't mentioning the things that were happening in the world. We we couldn't delve into any of the Civil War stuff that Captain America is going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, all it was simply was, and I forget the timeline. This is two years after the incident. The incident being uh, Avengers One uh, wrecking New York. Right. Uh, and 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 the notion that we could have any of our other guys in our universe was was uh, uh, not something that they wanted to see. They wanted to just keep this 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 street level thing clean. We could we could we could from Jessica to Luke, maybe Rosario Dawson uh, in our show and stuff like that. But we were never going to go beyond Hell's Kitchen you know, and, and visit and visit Stark Industries or anything like that. Yeah, I think as well it would be a bit strange. I mean, obviously they are all in the same universe, which I, I love, but it would it would be a bit strange if, you know, you had the whole appear in... No, I don't even mean that. I just mean like, you know, like a small bit player in one of the big movies could come on. You know, uh, I'm not... I can't think of any characters right now or that small in the movies, but... Um, but yeah, that always perplexed me by, yeah, you would never refer to them by name. It was always the incident, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. Jeff Loeb, who, who is our, our, you know, our Marvel TV head, 
uh, uh, you know, made it clear in terms of that that's um, that was the thing that they wanted was just sort of this 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 continuity between okay, you're the street heroes, mm-hmm. Avengers are those other people, and then the Guardians are those other other people, you know, and 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 uh, to keep it clean, he felt we should never. We should never cross. And to get a character, and I think there's, I forget, there is a character that appears in another uh, show. You gotta, you gotta get a lot of uh, permissions from Marvel to sign off on a, a non Jessica Jones character appearing. You know, I was all about Black Mariah from Luke Cage. <laughs> you know, every time there was a thought of a, of a of another badass female like the girl from the prison scene the one who beats uh oh missy yeah uh i want sissy 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 i want i want a sissy to be black mariah i said she could be black mariah from luke cage you know and 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 then there would just it would never you know nothing ever happened when i would that on so so it was clear you know it's clear that they they wanted to have the people be fresher new to the show but yeah they didn't want to pull from other things now do you with, you have oh sorry go ahead and with marvel it's, it's tricky because i did the marvel writers program and you know we're looking for people in that and you think you found if if you find an interesting character in a marvel series then that interesting character hasn't just appeared in one thing. Mm-hmm. If they're an interesting Marvel character, they've appeared in Luke Cage, Avengers, oh, and Peter Parker that's controlled by Sony, or the or the Fantastic Four that's controlled by Fox. Right. Once you find some character that's really interesting, once you go down the rabbit hole, you realize, oh, we don't quite control that character because it bleeds into uh, Peter Parker or Fantastic Fantastic Four or something that that Marvel doesn't uh, control anymore. So there were so it was tough uh, once you start going outside the box and and with uh, with Jessica Jones it was already interesting. You know we 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 created a good sandbox with with Pam uh, uh, Hogarth Ho- 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 <laughs> and uh, 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 Will's character. Uh, which I won't say who that is. Uh, we, we've uh, just I've just revealed to to the guys. <laughs> we've we've just had the you know I've kind of said yeah he's in the comics and this is who he is. So we saw him, we saw we him take a bunch of pills. Nuke. Yeah, we, yeah, we saw him take a bunch of pills and then Claire told us why. <laughs> yeah. Oh, spoiler alert. But, yeah, yeah. So we we had a pretty cool sandbox of characters, so we didn't really need to go out of. Uh, of the box to bring in other people other than just going into the sort of Easter egg of, you know, Marvel likes Easter eggs. Mm -hmm. And wouldn't it be nice if we added this person, that person, Um, which which I would have liked, but do you have any involvement in Luke Cage? Sorry for my ignorance on that. (laughs) No, you're not supposed to know anything. That's fine, Matt. I'm the one who knows everything. (laughs) All right. I'm just really looking forward. Like you were speaking about strong female characters. I'm really looking forward to seeing a misty night in that show. Like I really, yep. I'm really curious as to what they do, and I, they probably won't do it. But I really hope they like, you know, do the whole remove the arm, replace it with a cybernetic one, and all that. But that's probably <laughs> not going to happen. It's not. It's not very street. <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting is 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 just because we had nothing to do with Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daredevil was writing literally across the hall from us. You know, so bathroom breaks, I would see writers from Daredevil. How's it going? Good. How's it going? Good. You know, we never <laughs> really talked about our stories. And it's, it's been kind of that same way with Luke Cage. Uh, they brought in the showrunner. They were going to take over our writer's room. Once we were gone, they were moving into our, our chairs. Mm-hmm. So as they were staffing up, we were we were packing up and leaving. So, yeah, I have no idea what what the group is doing for for Luke Cage you know hopefully we left them in good position because it's weird because we in crafting Luke Cage for Jessica Jones you want to give him a life and different things to play with but you don't want to get too deep into his origins that you haven't left the Luke Cage show nothing mm-hmm. to play with you know yeah. 
So we had to leave some space for them to sort of explore his own personal story, uh, whatever that is. Uh, uh, so, so it was tricky in that. And that's also why he's not in every episode. Because if he was in every episode, well, technically we've done Luke Cage season one. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So uh, I was surprised he was in as much as he was. I did not expect him to play that much of a part. I was glad to see it. Yeah, we we thought we had him for all thirteen episodes, and then as we were getting started, we realized that we weren't. So mm-hmm. we had to, uh, you know, kind of give him the gunshot to the head. <laughs> uh, uh, and then the well, well, there was naturally there were natural breaks for Luke Cage. There was the uh, uh, the you've been following me the whole time and lying to me break mm-hmm. where they break up for a couple episodes, and then there's the 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 shot he takes to the head where he's you know no, taking Matt, a- Matt hasn't got to that bit yet. Put your fingers in <laughs> oh. your ears, Matt. <laughs> oh, 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 we did get we did get to the part where he found out <laughs> that she killed she killed his. Uh, his wife and that that's another natural break <laughs> that was a uh, yeah that was uh yeah that was that was that was my episode yeah yeah six which uh which which i i yeah i i enjoyed that moment and luke saying to her uh i changed my mind you are a piece mm. of shit yeah and, <laughs> and goes which is a hard thing for her to hear because she feels it you know she knows she's yeah, I am a maybe I am a piece of shit, you know. Mm. I, I I've I've totally wrecked his life. All I wanted to do was make sure that he was okay. And that's why I was watching him. I wanted to make sure he was okay, uh, after Reva's death and everything. And now I've put myself in this relationship where now I'm just making things worse. Now I'm lying to him. And when it all comes down, it's like, wow, you know, Luke, Luke. Uh, that was a good moment with the bus that that, yeah, that I yeah. liked. I think uh, it was particularly effective as well because it, like, watching that when he says that to her, it, it like, watching it as an audience member, it really stung. Like, when I watched it, I was like, oh, because the writing for the two characters and the chemistry that the two actors have, I think, is so good that I really was invested in their relationship. Um, you know, even though they only have a few appearances together. And... You, you find yourself really caring about these two characters and not just because I'm a comics fan and it's Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, but I just think the chemistry between the two actors was so good and the writing in their, their scenes was so good. You could see why these two characters would be drawn to each other. The, it, it stung because you care about the characters and you want them to, you want, you want these two crazy kids to get together, you know. Another thing that really was interesting to me was the heartbreak of the frustration of if Luke would just let this go and live in the now and just lay in bed with Jessica and not run out and do this thing, they might have had a happily ever after there. But he mm-hmm. can't let it go, you know, and, and, and that's uh, that was sort of the tragedy of, of that moment. You know, if Jessica could just get past this whole investigation and and, and get that envelope that has the information with the bus driver on it. Yeah. If I could just get ahead of this, uh, none of this has to blow up. And of course it, and of course it does. It, it always will though. It's just, you know, cause she's racing against time, but the, you know, the truth will always come out. Um, unfortunately, but, um, you know, it was obviously great to see. One of the other scenes I wanted to talk to you about was with your episode as well, one of it might even be the first scene was we get almost the first proper introduction of the character of Kilgrave. Um, before this, we've just kind of glimpsed him. We've seen him in flashbacks. He's locked eyes with Jessica. He's been unconscious, but we get that that amazing poker scene at the start in which we really kind of get to see the character. And I think what I wanted to know is how is it writing a character like Kilgrave who's just despicable? <laughs> uh, I'm. I, I loved writing Kilgrave. I, I uh, you know, those early episodes uh, are Kilgrave light. And I was like, man, I hope I get to write a Kilgrave, <laughs> Kilgrave <laughs> one. Because you feel his presence, you know. And, and, and there's these such great, these moments. I remember, I think it's in the pilot where uh, Hope is in the bed and Jessica's dragging Hope out. And you, you just feel the curse of Kilgrave on them. But now... Now he's now he's flesh and blood and in your face in this episode, and he's just in a coffee shop looking for houses and he just wants people to shut up, just as a command and shuts the whole coffee house down. And 
uh, I thought that was interesting, but but and, and he's a character. He's a character who like like in these in these real cases of abuse doesn't even recognize the abuse he's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, he he thinks he's oh, I t- I've taken you to movies, I've taken you to the best restaurants, I've taken you... And Jessica's like, yeah, you took me all of that, and then you raped me. <laughs> yeah. and, and then he winces when she uses she uses that word because he doesn't see it, you know? And that's what makes him sort of an interesting character and complex and, 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 and going back to these abuse stories sort of real because that's how these guys respond to it. But in this episode, I... I uh, uh, I just love the whole ramping up of uh, and the reveal of the house being, yeah. you know, Higgins and Birch Street and all that stuff. And uh, that was cool. And I think that for an audience is that turning point of, oh, my God, what is happening? And, and of course, Scott wrote this great episode. You know, what would uh, what would Jessica do? Mm-hmm. W.W. Uh, WW, I can't <laughs> JD, uh, but yeah, that was that you know, I think that's all ramping up to that moment, and that's such a great episode of yeah. Kilgrave and Jessica playing house. Uh, I'm a little all over the place in my answers, but the short answer is, uh, I loved writing for, for Kilgrave, and 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 Tennant just knocked it out of the park. I, you know, I don't even know where they. I don't even know what they do in season two, you know. Uh, but I guess it's I guess it's nuke. But uh, you know, I'm I'm like an audience member now. I'm like, how do we how do we top that? Because yeah. David was such. I mean, he he did a mic drop <laughs> in season one. He was such a great he was such a great badass and such a great evil character. Uh, uh, you, you love writing for 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 characters like that. It was funny because um, I know that there's a lot of Doctor Who fans who are like heartbroken watching him in Jessica Jones because they're not used to seeing him as a, a, <laughs> a bad guy. Um, but uh, one of the things I, I mentioned to my co-host he does it, was... He does it well. Yeah, he does it so well. And I'd mentioned that I'd apparently he was the second choice to play Hannibal in Brian Fuller's Hannibal series, which eventually went to Mads Mikkelsen, but Brian Fuller had said that David Tennant plays a great psychopath, and you watch Jessica Jones, you're like, yeah, he does. He's very good at it. <laughs> he does. I mean, gosh, there's the, it, it, me. You know what was great was at, at Netflix drew us uh, invited the, the you know the writers to their office where they have like a little mini studio uh a screening room where we would just binge watch jessica jones like, i think two weeks before it aired and i'm just watching and this is our first look my first look at what it all looks like and i'm like okay this Kilgrave uh tenant just takes the lines and elevates it to a different level to a different level of menace mm-hmm. uh that was so fun to watch so, i mean the the, the jailhouse sequence where he free, where he frees Jessica, and they have that back and forth about what their relationship is, and he walks off with the head, you know. <laughs> and he waves. The thing that made me laugh was he waves. Yeah. It's just oh yeah, he's 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 very funny as well. As even though he's terrifying, he he's a very funny character, which I think makes him even more creepy. Um, this yeah. nice played. I have a, a a very random question to ask you, but it's a very important one. I think <laughs> you might not, uh-huh. which was, was it your choice to name the guard dogs Kruger and Myers? Because it's one of the details I love that the guard dogs were called Kruger and Myers. It was not. I, <laughs> I, I, uh, which, which I like, uh, I'm guessing, I'm guessing that that was Scott Reynolds that changed it because he is a huge horror fan right. in, in the room. Uh, I think, uh, 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 that might have happened on on set or or something something after I I became daddy, uh, uh, <laughs> which luckily I, I mean they they preserved pretty much everything I did. But there are these little small moments like with with the dogs where, uh, uh yeah, it's like oh okay that sounds that that seems like Scott did that, you know. <laughs> but uh, and I also love the fact that Luke doesn't hurt dogs yeah he's like oh yeah i hurt people but i don't hurt dogs it's great 
so yeah. many like little moments of I mean it's it's so full of like little moments that episode that I love um so I'm guessing you you didn't get to be on set while it was filming obviously just being like a, a new father did you get to go to the set much when they were doing these episodes or your episode I mean um I had I had the option to go to the set for my episode. I just chose not because I was basking in the in the in the glow of of, of fatherhood. <laughs> uh, and when I did Now You See Me, which was this mm-hmm. the movie I did, I spent three months on set uh, there. And being on set could be nice, and then it could be also extremely long. And I, I I didn't need to be out there. I felt like well, you know, the show's in good hands, and and I'm just going to be sitting around watching the magic happen. and But I was tempted to because I am a New Yorker and this all takes place in New York and, and all that stuff. But at the end, my daughter was <laughs> my daughter one. She was just too cute. I couldn't leave her. You know? um, 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 but uh, Scott went. Scott Reynolds went in in in, uh, in my place, which is why I think he named those those dogs. Uh, uh, uh but yeah, it it, it 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 turned out really well. The only thing I miss is I didn't get to meet uh, Kristen in the cast. Every time there's an event, I'm always out of town to meet Kristen. You know, like Melissa Rosenberg threw a party a few weeks ago, and yeah. the cast was there. I was out of town. I'm, I I was not in town for the premiere. So uh, yeah, sucks sucks to be me. But uh, but uh, it's it's. The real fun of it for me was being in the room with the writers, uh, day one, Jessica Jones and nothing else on the whiteboard. Okay, (laughs) what are are we going to do here? You know, what is this? You know, who are the neighbors? Oh, maybe there's a neighbor named Malcolm. You know, how about Malcolm? And then, uh, you know, it it really formed from, I mean, uh, uh, Melissa had a script for ABC. But I think we 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 soon realized that that wasn't going to transfer for a Netflix show to sort of hit the levels that we were going to hit with this in terms of theme and uh, the action and the story and the dialogue. So we really sort of started from day one. What is this? What is what is Jessica's world? Who are we going to populate it with? Uh, you know how? What is going to be the through line for these stories from Malcolm and Pam and? Uh, all that fun stuff we were doing and, and Malcolm was really interesting character because we didn't want him to just be a crackhead, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we didn't want to just have Jessica come out and Malcolm just stay hallway, you know? So mm-hmm. it really, the joy of working on the show was really, we really crafted the story from day one. Who's, who's around Jessica's world and how can all this stuff, uh, how can we make Malcolm a real person? How can we make, Hogarth, a real person in this universe, and 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 Melissa's said it in in interviews before. Now I think the journey in season two is making these characters have real substantial stories on their own because uh, 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 Kristen Ritter was in every scene, mm-hmm. every scene, and that's that's a lot for thirteen episodes, you know, on 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 an actress, you know. So I think you want to give her, you want to give her at least a day off every once in a while, and, and have a, a Malcolm story or a Pam story or whoever comes back in season two, so she's not carrying the weight of everything in in, in the show. But for season one, it's called Jessica Jones for a reason, you know. Yeah. I think you you want to see her, and you're 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 not invested yet to really be following Malcolm for a whole episode. You want to see her, but. She gets a that, day off, then that's when uh, you guys can hang out and finally meet. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, I'm that guy that 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 had you uh, go through a window and blah blah blah. But uh, yeah. but uh, that, you know what, what's cool about it is also working at, at, uh, with a team of writers is your ideas are sort of sprinkled through everything. You know, not mm-hmm. just your your six. You know, you're contributing. Like I said, the the Micah's Micah's idea about the fetus is in my episode, so I feel like my episode is just as much Micah's and Scott's and Liz as their episodes indicate uh, our voices as well. And I think that's what makes the writers' room uh, experience work well as being a solitary screenwriter sitting in your hole in the wall somewhere, just churning out pages. <laughs> 
Is it very, um, obviously you, you mentioned um, Now You See Me, um, which you you um, wrote the story in the screenplay for. How how different was it from, from writing for that, for like a big film, to, to sort of doing it as a collaborative process, obviously with so many writers, but for Netflix as well, for television, and having this overarching story? Well, I think Now You See Me is my uncompromising view of the story I want to tell. Mm-hmm. And it's told through my lens, my dialogue, my, my, well, my personal point of view, um, uh, where Jessica Jones is, is, is Melissa uh, Rosenberg's baby. And I feel like when you're pitching the show, when writers are pitching the show, you're pitching your best idea, but I think you're also pitching your best idea that the showrunner is going to respond to. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think in a writer's room, there's what's what's Edward's best uh, <laughs> answer for this story. Or what do I think Melissa's best answer for this story will be? Because she has a very she's been married to this project for a few years. She has a very strong personal take on what the show should be and and who these characters are and and how she wants to tell the story. And you have to filter all those thoughts in your mind and sort of give a pitch that you feel is going to land in her, uh, view of, of this universe, you know? So, so I think the difference is you're, you're, you know, you're writing a screenplay, it's your world, but I think in, in Jessica Jones, it's, it's Melissa Rosenberg's world as much as it is, it is these characters that you haven't set up personally. So sometimes it's like, yeah, I think it's best for the show, but, and it's best for Melissa, but you are it the I, I I don't know if I'm articulating this very well, but your oh, mind has, your your creative brain has to work in a very different way to to feed into what the show needs. Uh, and you're pitching to and Melissa and you're trying to get what you think in her mind will be the best answer for the show. Okay. Um, you know. Are you? Do you have any? Because obviously now you see me. There's a sequel coming out. Did you have any involvement with that as well? I got the check for the sequel. <laughs> That's the important. <laughs> uh, uh, well, you know, now you see me was uh, an original idea of mine, and after that came out and it had really great success. Everything was about do it again, mm-hmm. and. Uh, creatively, I I just didn't want to do it again, and I was busy with other things, and um, uh, uh, so I hope it turns out well. You know, I had meetings with them, but at the end of the day, I didn't want to do do the same thing all over again. I, I creatively, I want to explore, and this was the closest thing I got to. I remember uh, Prince Prince coming out with Purple Rain or Bruce Springsteen coming out to Born to Run, and then the second album is totally different. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this isn't born to run. But I could see the artist is, is the artist wants to expand, you know, mm-hmm. and try new things. And I, I not I, I'm, I'm far away from Prince or Bruce Springsteen. But <laughs> as a creative, I wanted to tr- I wanted to tell a different story. Yeah. You know, and now you see me. I wrote like in 2009. I can't live in that world that many that many years, <laughs> you know, so I wanted to tell different stories, which which has been fun. And that led me to, uh, uh, you know, Jessica Jones. Now I'm doing a, a, an M night. Mm-hmm. And I'm on, uh, I'm doing season two of that. So that, that gets the brain working in different ways. Definitely. And also that's a very, because I remember you, you mentioned that to me the other day. So on congratulations on that as well. I wasn't sure if I should mention it or if it had been announced or anything, but congratulations on, on being working on the, the second series of that show. That must be very different as well from Jessica Jones because you're coming in to, I guess, a team that's already established and the, the characters in the show is, is established already. So it's, it's probably going to be a completely different challenge again. I wanted to ask as well, I know you probably can't say anything, but is there any news on if you'll be involved with season two? Because I really hope you are, personally. I, I have no idea what, what they're, when they're doing season two or how that works or when the room opens. Uh, uh, I think, well, all the writers are sort of uh, scattered across uh, different shows. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, Liz is an executive producer, so I, I imagine she goes back unless she gets a pilot. But mm-hmm. yeah, all the writers are off doing other things, including myself. But 
that's only t- in my case that's only till june and i don't know how that goes with the with the writers room but if i don't come back which which you know i'm i'm, I'm you know i think it's in good hands with melissa because she's you know it's it's her baby i will do i will say a little writers room uh thing okay. uh there was there was a box of cookies we got from I forget from who. Maybe it's better. I don't remember. So. <laughs> but but the cookies were terrible, right? So we left them in the table. And if anybody ever pitched a bad, uh, if anybody pitched anything bad, the, the joke was eat the cookie. You know, eat the whatever <laughs> it was. You know, so uh, so the threat of eating that cookie was always there if you had a bad pitch. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think there was we worked really well in the room in in the room together and uh you know like i said it 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 really we we really built that show from the ground up i think there was a month or two of just thinking what this what this show was going to be or definitely several weeks of you know blue sky of what what is everything we could do in this show mm-hmm. you know and let's put it on the board and and see if we could make happen and uh um and it was the first writer's room I had worked in. So that was a treat. It's a, it's a good one to start off with, with the, you know, how well it went and the success of it. So, you know, yeah. onwards when, and upwards. When things, yeah, when things got, uh, when, when, when we, whenever we would get frustrated with something, it was like, you know, we're spending all day just talking about, you know, Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not the worst, it's not the worst problem to have when you're just sitting around just thinking, literally sing, sitting around just thinking, you know, how could we, you know, do cool stuff? Absolutely. It's I'm I'm very much of the opinion that, you know, I'm um I'm a grown up, but I, I will, you know, some of the happiest times have been for me talking about comics and uh, TV series and stuff with my co-hosts on podcasts or running around dressed as superheroes, as you've seen in my profile picture. You know, it's um, if you can get to do what something you love for a living, I think you're you're very, very lucky. Yeah, I would say the toughest transition between uh, uh, film and TV is, you know, me, I, I sort of, <laughs> I feel like I'm a bit lazy. I, you know, you wake up, it's like, oh, am I going to write a scene today? It's 10 o'clock. Maybe I'll walk the dog, you know, <laughs> and then walking the dog, I'll come up with an idea. You know, you, you're, you're sort of on your own schedule. But in TV, it's like report at 10 and then by 10.01 or even... <clears throat> you're 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 off and running and your brain is working from 10 to 6 or 7 o'clock mm. constantly on the task of 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 creating story and so for the film guy uh uh you know it's like i'm driving the speed limit is 25 and then tv the speed limit is 100 you know <laughs> So it's mentally exhausting because you spend so much more time devoted to the craft of storytelling in a writer's room than you do in your own thing with your script. Like, oh, this isn't coming together. Let me go see a movie. Maybe it'll inspire me. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) So I got spoiled uh, with film stuff, but TV is definitely uh, a much more uh, uh, mentally taxing thing, you know, putting Mm -hmm. together – 13 hours of TV, you know, it's and, incredible. And, and so, yeah, it, it is. And it's, 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 it's and, and the satisfaction of seeing that in a number of months, as opposed to years in film, uh, you know, I just did that in October. Now it's here on, on Netflix. And, yeah. and that's cool. That's really cool. It was, it was, it feels like so quick that the show came out because um, for, for, for me, I was, as I, I mentioned to you earlier, I was in New York in July and we actually saw one of the last days of filming for Jessica Jones um, as it was kind of wrapping up, which is from a later episode when they were filming in Central Park. We just happened to see the filming and a few months later, the show's here. It's it's so quick and and, and for such quality as well. It's It always impresses me that you get such quality television now and it's produced so quickly. It's I, It's incredible. It is. It is. It's. It's. it's you know. Uh, uh, the pace of television, how fast it goes. It's almost like theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you're gonna write something in March, and actors are gonna say it in April, or maybe in March. 
<laughs> maybe yeah. in two weeks, maybe a week, you know. So uh, uh, the thing is, is is to stay uh, stay ahead of the game and not fall behind too much where you're running into production, you know. So yeah. Uh, yeah. with Jessica Jones, we were lucky. I think we started writing in uh, June, but we weren't shooting anything until uh, end of January, February. Mm-hmm. So we had a, uh, a lot of lead time to sort of, uh, get the writing done and and uh, you know before production starts and that was that was a big advantage I'm sure to our showrunner definitely and um, with with more shows as well now I mean the, the Marvel shows so far have been so popular they've announced more shows so there's going to be obviously Daredevil season two coming out there's going to be a Jessica Jones season two there's been rumors lately which I don't know how true they are about a uh, Punisher show I'm assuming it would be announced after Daredevil season 2 and depending on the reaction to to the Punisher and that um we're just we're being so spoiled I mean it's really you know the the golden age of if you're a comic book fan is there's so much and it's it's so good we're just you know so completely spoiled it's um it's amazing and a, and a shout out to Marco Ramirez, who who is running uh, mm-hmm. Daredevil, who was a writer, I think supervising producer, I want to say, a season, a season one, and mm-hmm. and, and now he's 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 running the whole thing, uh, uh, I think with another showrunner, but he's he's showrunner for season two. Uh, wonderful guy who you should definitely have on your podcast. Oh, definitely. I'll I'll get in touch with him. I'll say you say hi. <laughs> Yes, yes, uh, very cool, and 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 the actor they got to play uh, John, uh, John Bernthal, uh, yeah, yeah, great actor, and I'm a big Walking Dead fan, so uh, I mean he's good in that, he's good in um, uh, Wolf of Wall Street, mm-hmm. uh, so I look forward to seeing what he's gonna do in in Daredevil uh, with his Punisher character. I've been told to watch him in Fury as well. I know I can't remember who it was. Yeah, I think yes. it was someone. Someone from Daredevil said that I should definitely see him in Fury because it's I haven't haven't had a chance to see the film yet. Um, but the the casting as well that Marvel have done so far. I, I mentioned it to Christos and Ruth when I spoke to them. Um, has been amazing, particularly with me being such a big Daredevil fan. I when the the casting was announced. I've ha- I've been saying for ten years. Oh, if they ever bring Daredevil back, they need to get Vincent D'Onofrio to play the Kingpin. And if they ever bring Daredevil back, they need to get Eldon Henson to play Foggy. And watching the casting, I was just like, I think Marvel was like bugged uh-huh. my mind, you know, <laughs> because the casting was just perfect. You know, they've such such a good casting uh, directors they have as well working at Marvel. They was, and I think you know Marvel. Marvel knows that they that they get great actors. I mean, you're getting Scarlett Johansson, you're getting uh, uh, from Hensworth to Robert Downey in the on the movie side. Uh, so it seems a given. You want to you want to have that happen on TV side, and I think the great thing Daredevil did, you know, was was sort of announce and on the TV side, we're doing we're doing good TV here, you know. Mm-hmm. It's 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 you know if you if you're an actor and you want to have a good time <laughs> come to <laughs> come to Marvel in the TV world and I think uh, uh, getting Mike Coulter and Kristen Ritter and the people we got on, on Jessica Jones you know uh, I look forward to seeing the moves they're gonna make uh, for season two uh, but you know I'm a fan I, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, which will be, you know, I'm I'm sure they're going to pull it off. Definitely. Yeah, I can't wait. Just, yeah, the idea that we're in a a time where we're getting a Defenders show and going to have these four characters that I love all together on screen um, is just, is very exciting. (laughs) Um, Well, I should say uh, one more thing. I wanted, obviously, we mentioned about Wayward Pines and you're working on Wayward Pines at the moment. Was there was there anything else that you have coming up that you would like to mention to promote or where people can find you online? Uh, On Twitter, on Instagram, I I think I'm just Edward Reichwart on on both of those. Uh, uh, There are things I'm working on, nothing I can uh, announce yet. Mm -hmm. I'd love to. If we just did it just next week, I could say. But uh, (laughs) um, nothing yet, but it's going to be fun. I I am doing this thing for Virgin Film uh, called uh, uh, School for Thieves. 
Okay. Uh, uh, which is uh, a title. I'll leave it there, just in case I get in trouble for saying much more. But I, I, I'm sure I could say that. So it's but, school for uh, thieves uh, for Virgin for anyone listening. For, <laughs> it, it, it sounds exactly like what the title is, and 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 you know. But I won't give too much of the the plot. Awesome. Richard Branson started the film arm. I'll be doing that, and and uh, hopefully with, with my lawyers. We're signing contracts. I'm uh, hopefully announce something else hopefully, next yeah. week or so. But fingers crossed. But but uh, uh, 2000, 2016 started really cool, and Wayward. Uh, we have a really great writers room at Wayward Pines, and 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 M Night Shyamalan flew us out to his house uh, two weeks ago to sort of talk about the show, and uh, uh, he lives good out outside of Philly. He's got a huge house, so. <laughs> I, I I need to make I need to make a six cents so I could get a twenty five thousand <laughs> house. <laughs> you know? He's living the dream. <laughs> he's living he's living he's living the dream. And outside of Hollywood, which is very telling that he he writes his own stories and does his own things. And yeah. uh, Wayward Pines um, season one was I think the the most watched scripted show of uh, of the summer, and mm-hmm. I think Fox Fox brought it back. There's new. There's a new showrunner, uh, a new room of writers, and I think we have a pretty fun game plan for what we're gonna do this summer. So I, I look forward to uh, uh, people seeing that. I feel terrible that I haven't watched it yet, but I I have very little time to watch television that isn't television I'm podcasting about. Unfortunately, um, yeah. I have. I'm trying to catch up on a lot of shows at the moment. I haven't even ever seen The Wire, so I'm I'm pretty terrible. That's that's <laughs> that, that that you got to see. Yeah. Must watch. I'd add the leftovers to that too. Leftovers is pretty good. Yeah, I've heard leftovers is really good as well. I've just finished making a murderer, which was very good on Netflix. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well. very good. Um, thank you so much again for for coming on and you've been so generous with your time and i really appreciate it and it was great to chat with you um and honestly congratulations on the reaction the show has got and your particular episode we adored um and yeah and just like best of luck with everything for the future and yeah and we'll definitely sort of um keep an eye on any projects you have coming up and let people know what you're up to well, thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, we'll talk again next time. Yeah, and enjoy your Until weekend. Until next time. <laughs> Until next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. Oh, that's DC, not Marvel. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and enjoy um, spending the weekend with your, your lovely daughter. I shall. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you, Edward. Have a great day. Bye, you too. Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash defenderspodcast or on Twitter at defenderspod. Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported International License. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it, and you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!